Welcome to Breaking Bible with the Tully Adventurers. Explore! It's a good day for some good news. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. That's Jesus' good news to us in John 16, 33. As we face this new day and all it has for us, we find courage and hope in the only trustworthy words available. Tully Adventurers, explore! The Bible. So this morning we're in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. We're following along just going through the Bible, and we listened to it, kind of, <laughs> and followed along as best we could, and this morning as we're laughing about our situation, because no reason, I mean, you can get mad, but is it really going to help anything? So Jen, why don't you tell us what happened this morning, and how we prepared for it, and <laughs> oh. Uh, well, I was, today, I have a meeting with my counselor at school. Um, I'm in college, um, pursuing a, a degree, and... The school is in Long Beach, California. Oh, okay. And we're in and we're, New Orleans, yeah. Louisiana. Yes. There's a time difference. Yes. Um, and I knew I had an appointment at 8 a.m., and not thinking, I thought that my meeting was at 8 a.m. my time. Forgetting that that is 6 a.m. Long Beach time. And that there's no way that my counselor would be having a meeting with me at 6 a.m. his time. <laughs> so, uh, I rushed around this morning to be ready in time. Kirk was kind enough to put together some breakfast for me, I ate it real fast, I logged on, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, and then it dawns on me, wait a minute, my meeting is not until 10 a.m. New Orleans time, which is 8 a.m. Long Beach time. So, change course again, and here we are. I was actually going to take you guys with us to the dog park and let you watch B run around while Jen had her meeting and then come back and we do this a little later than normal, but that's <laughs> things have worked out the way they've worked out, so here we are. Um, all right, so what stood out for you in this chapter, my love, as we're having <laughs> this day that's a little bit of a mess? Uh, verse 3. I'm proud. Not that the troubles should come as any surprise to you. You've always known that we're in for this kind of thing. It's part of our calling. When we were with you, we made it quite clear that there was trouble ahead. And now that it's happened, you know what it's like. Why does that stand out for you, my love? <laughs> because the very romanticized idea of Christianity, to me, is that if I just pray hard enough, God will take all my troubles away. I won't have to feel pain. I won't have to feel loneliness. I won't have to feel struggle. 
is gonna he's gonna give me all the you know he's gonna gift me everything and take away all my pain and the reality is that is not how it works instead he's gonna walk with me through my pain not take away my pain so <clears throat> saw a meme yesterday on social media and it said something to the effect of um, if you only knew that God would take away all your pain all your suffering, all your whatever um, and it made me think about how that was the whole meme? if you only knew that God would take away all of your pain and suffering? yeah that was the whole thing. Okay. <clears throat> I think its intention was you would be Christian if you only knew oh, that if God you would. thought that that was what you were going to get out of it. Right, right. Okay. Seems to me that that. No. That idea has set me up for failure in the past. If I pray hard enough. If I do what I'm supposed to do, God will take away my pain. But because I'm, he's not taking away my pain, either one, I can't do it right, so screw this, or two, God doesn't love me, so screw this. So the idea is not that we get to have a relationship with God, it's that we get our pain taken away. Mm -hmm. Or we get to win the lottery. Or we get all the money and things that we've ever wanted. And people join the church or become a Christian or join a religion so that they can get what they want. It's, mm -hmm. it's driven by selfish motives. Is that kind of the idea you're... Mm -hmm. And so Paul is... In this book, which is particularly to people who probably have some very romantic ideas about how life is supposed to be, they're, they're the fairy tale kind of people. They want to have people cheerlead them on and make them feel good. And it's all about feelings, all feelings, no facts. <laughs> and so Paul's coming with the facts and still wrapping it in some feeling words. Not that the trouble should surprise any of you what's a surprise oh it's it's a birthday surprise it's a it's a surprise birthday party right no, no, no not always <laughs> and so to remember that we will have troubles good stuff anything else on that I think if there's one thing that I've learned it's that the acceptance of my pain has actually led to me being closer to God. Because the more I want to pretend that I don't have pain or I'm not supposed to have pain or somebody else is supposed to bear this burden or whatever, the more disappointed I get and the further away from God I get. So. So what's your real, what's your new expectation of relationship with God. 
that there will be pain, but he will always be with me. Is that enough for you? It is, because my hope isn't in the right right now. It's amazing. It sounds like something that will change your life in the way that you interact with the world. It has. Well, especially as we are coming upon the Thanksgiving season, verses 9 and 10 stand out for me. What would be an adequate Thanksgiving to offer God for all the joy we experience before Him because of you? So I love it that Paul's still wrapping this in. Hey, you make us feel good. You, we want to be your cheerleaders. We care about you. It is important that you remember that you're not only going to get to have good times as well as the suffering, and so we're going to be your cheerleaders through the, the hard times, but you also bring joy to other people because of your willingness to go through these difficult times. And so the thanksgiving that they give, we do what we can, praying away night and day, asking for the bonus of seeing your faces again and doing what we can to help when your faith falters. I like this because Paul, once again, brings reality back in. So, yes, we're happy we get to be with you. It's great that you're going through, you know, you're being faithful and doing what you can. And we're praying for you because you bring us so much joy. And there's going to be time when you're faithful. There's going to be time when the romanticized ideas you have or the expectations that we hold on to or, you know, my personal desire that people should understand me and put in the work to understand me just as much as I put in the work to try to understand them causes me disappointment. At which point, more often than not, I want to blame God. Because if he had just made everybody like me or if he had just made me different or better than I am or whatever it is, then I wouldn't have this disappointment. I wouldn't be suffering this way. I also like it that there's joy in other people. Not because they're doing everything we want, not because they're perfect. Um, there's even joy when those people's faith falters. Because we put our hope in God, not in human beings. If we want to not have so much disappointment. <laughs> Which is easier said than done. I struggle with it. I was just telling you, I want people to live up to my expectations instead of making my relationship right with God so that I have the right expectations. But I love it that Paul lays it out this way. And, <laughs> and his next verse, verse 11 is, May God our Father himself and our Master Jesus clear the road to you. Make, may God, if there's a way for us to be with the people we care about and love, then clear that road so that we can get there. And if not, then help us to endure what we're going through with hope in you and joy in knowing that your timing is better than ours. So when I'm out on the road yelling at people because they're in my way and not driving as aggressively as I do and <laughs> frustrating me because I want to get to where I'm going, God give me the patience to know that your timing is better than mine. You might be keeping me from some trouble 
some extra trouble that I would get myself into if I get to go as fast as I want. Maybe I can just take a deep breath and relax into the unforced rhythms of Grace instead of the forced rhythms of Kirk. <laughs> have to ask you in the car, are we in the forced rhythms of Kirk right now? Okay, just check in. Awesome. I've just given my wife another accountability point for me. <laughs> fantastic. And actually it is fantastic. Good stuff. So is there anything else that stood out for you in particular today? By the way, I hope that for those of you who are out there, closed captioning is available so you can uh, set that up and see the words that we have going on. Um, I don't know if it's going to work for us because our internet here is a little slow, but hopefully it's working. And if not, let us know and that will only work on our Twitch channel. So come follow us there if you would like to see the words in closed captions. If you're on YouTube, give us a comment, let us know how we're doing and how this affects you. If you're on Spotify, we hope you're enjoying all of this and come connect with us on our other social media as well when you get a chance. Um, for now, <laughs> what else is uh, on your mind and heart this morning? We've listened to the word, we've talked a little bit about it and how amazing God is to us that he puts people into our lives who care about us. I know sometimes I feel like Paul. I want to write letters to all of my friends, and so I send them text messages, and occasionally God's good enough to me that I send them some encouragement and remind them that they're fantastic people who are, they are God's holy and dearly loved child, and he is pleased with them. And I remind them that I care about them too, and that's, that feels pretty good, and sometimes I get to just call and talk to them and find out how they're doing, and, you know, everyone's going through different things. I've got friends who are having some of the best time of their life. I have friends who are just trudging through the day-to-day -day grind. I have friends who are hurting because they are dealing with grief and loss, and I pray that God gives me the wisdom to interact with each one of them the right way. Because they all need different things, not only because they're in different circumstances, but also because they're each individually different people. And to meet them where they're at takes a lot of energy and takes a lot of wisdom. And so I don't always have that on my own. Um, so I'm grateful that Paul here is showing us how to do that. What else is going on with you, my love? Um. <clears throat> For me, when I think about Paul, I think of um, Paul was an apostle, correct? Mm -hmm. And so, um, one thing about being Catholic is that we prayed uh, to and for um, apostles and saints, and I was almost left with the idea that the apostles were superhuman. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's interesting as I read through this, 
he talks about being worried. Mm-hmm. He worried over them. And um, worry is something that I've struggled with in my past. Um, and tries to creep back into my life occasionally. Um, and I'm reminded that we're all human. We're all human. And it's easy to slip into worry. And um, I understand worry differently now. Worrying is not relying on God. Worrying is relying on myself. If I just think about it and feel it and am nervous about it enough, a solution will present itself all by myself. Um, no, that's generally not how it works. Uh, worrying just makes me sick. Literally makes my body sick. Um, and so that's not good. So uh, those reminders that we are all human and that only Jesus is Jesus. <laughs> oh. We grew up with the words, if you're going to pray, don't worry. And if you're going to worry, don't pray. Oh, that's interesting. So you get to choose. You can either choose to worry about things and then think that you're the one who's responsible for them and going to fix them, even though we don't have control of the situation. So I can worry about it, in which case I'm choosing to put it all that responsibility on myself. And like you said, it stresses your body out. It, it literally breaks your body over time Mm -hmm. or I can choose to pray Mm -hmm. in which case I'm going to take all of that responsibility off of my shoulders and I'm going to hand it to God and let him be in charge of it. Anything else on that? I've discovered that by doing that, by praying and, and giving my worries to God, uh, it doesn't take away the pain of whatever the situation is, but it does keep me from just regurgitating it over and over, spending all my energy and on it over and over as though I am some wisdom creator. Um, and I used to rely on the fact that, but sometimes when I do it, like, an idea will pop into my head and then I know what to do. Well, <laughs> where did that come from? Mm. It didn't come from me. Because otherwise I would have come up with it way sooner. I would have skipped all that pain. So So where did it come from? It came from God. It... Maybe. Yeah. But if you were spending your time worrying and not praying then it may be one of those thoughts that the enemy's throwing in there to try to make you believe that you can fix the situation. That's true too. Absolutely. And so when we pray and give up our responsibility to things that we cannot control, Mm -hmm. usually God will start helping us let go of the pain as well because the reason we're suffering is we're trying to fix something that we never had control over. We are trying to fix something that isn't ours to deal with. And instead of grieving, blessed are those who mourn, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Why is that? Because when you mourn, you accept reality. 
you accept that you don't have control over the situation. You accept that God is doing something that's bigger than you might understand. He might be letting the person go through the smallest amount of pain necessary to get them to change. And if you take their pain away, then they're not going to grow the way they need to. That's true. And so what does our enemy want to do? Throw an idea in our head that, that keeps our arrogance and pride going. Oh, now I've figured it out. Now I know what to do. And this is how I'm going to take that person's pain away or change the situation or blame someone else. And then we're causing damage not only to ourselves, but to all of these other people because we're blaming someone who wasn't responsible or was in the right for doing what they did. I keep coming back to the example of we have someone that we care about and they come to us and they say, I got fired from my job. Empathy means that we meet them with where they're at emotionally. That's terrible. I'm so sorry that you uh, lost your job. It, it's a difficult thing to go through. Your emotions are valid. Compassion is being able to step back and say, your emotions are valid, but the story they're telling you may not be right. Because if the person's upset that they got fired and they start blaming their boss instead of taking responsibility for what they did, when you step back into compassion, you're able to think about, you made a contract with your boss that said you were going to do certain things to earn the money that the boss is going to give you. If you weren't doing those things, the boss was right to fire you. And this is a learning experience for you so that next time you'll do what you say you're going to do in your contract, or you'll negotiate the contract so that it's things that you're actually able to do. That's compassion. It's also me not taking responsibility for fixing the situation or blaming the boss with this person because that, that feels good in the moment, but as soon as it's done, it, it makes me feel gross because I know I wasn't being compassionate. I wasn't caring about everyone involved in the situation. And so what I'm suggesting is you speak the truth to them in compassion, in caring about not only them, but also not only them right now in this moment, but them the next time they go get a job, them in the future. Yes. So is meeting somebody emotionally, perhaps, waiting a minute to have that conversation of compassion? Or is it, it just... Oh, that's so, that's so sad. I'm, or I'm, I'm so sorry that you lost your job. This is a thing that takes wisdom mm. because some people are able to hear you and some people are not. Mm -hmm. But another thing is why do we suffer? Cause we're holding on to the idea that we're right and other people are treating us wrong. So the truth can set us free from some of that suffering if we're willing to hear the truth. But another thing that we do or don't do, and that, that causes us suffering is we meet someone where they're at emotionally, we empathize with them, and then we get caught up in doing all the things that their false story that they've created because they're feeling that way tells them to do. Like I said, if we blame the boss with them instead of holding them accountable to take responsibility for their part in what happened, we're setting them up for failure. So 
how quickly do they jump to, well, this person's treating me this way and this person's treating me this way and it's not fair. It's not right. Now they're telling a story that's a lie. And when they, our job, our way to love people and care about people is to give them the truth in love. So as soon as they start telling this story, if we let that story keep going, or we let that story just sit in the air, it's going to feel like it's the truth, but it's not. And then they're going to do things, and we might do things, based on this false story that's in the air. Explain the we might do things. I don't. Has someone ever told you something, and you say, oh yeah, it's all the other person's fault. It's not your fault, it's all the other person's fault. Or have you ever fought somebody to defend someone you care about? Mm -hmm. Was the person that you cared about also wrong? Did they also do something that wasn't right? Mm -hmm. So those are examples of okay. us doing things that are actually really horrible for the person that we care about because we're not requiring them to grow. We're not requiring them to deal with the consequences of their own actions and it feels good in the moment but the next day I maybe not for you but I know I feel sick about it or years later I finally feel sick about it because I realized that I wasn't holding them accountable to the truth I wasn't showing compassion to everybody involved most of the times when we have an issue with each other um, Let's say, for instance, you do something that I don't like. The problem is I don't recognize it and just hold you accountable. I then do something you don't like. And then we get into this spiral of doing things that each other doesn't like to try to get back. It's a passive-aggressive way to deal with the situation. Instead of confronting the situation, we're just hurting each other. And so we both have to be willing to say, I'm sorry for what I did. What I did was wrong. Will you forgive me? And if we're both willing to do that, then we can move past this situation. But if only one of us does that, and once again, with your employer, even if you go back and say, I'm sorry what I did was wrong. Will you forgive me? That doesn't mean you get your job back. It doesn't mean that they're going to trust you again. Mm -hmm. Because once you break the trust of the relationship, getting it back takes both people being willing to rebuild the relationship and a lot of time to rebuild that trust. And with employers, you just, you don't get to have that time. They need someone who can work for them and actually do the job right now. And if you've shown that you are not willing to do it, they're not going to hire you. I like using that example because... It seems to me that particularly for us, when we talk about business, we can, we can take all the romantic ideas out of the way. And then from there, we can come back to, okay, well, we're married, so how does that affect us? Well, it affects us the same way. It affects all relationships the same way. Go ahead. <clears throat> so... <laughs> <laughs> I 
Okay. Just taking a minute to chew on that one. Okay. And so the next part of that is if we actually care about the person, and this is part of growing up. This is part of becoming wise. None of us do this perfectly. I've not, I don't think I've ever done this perfectly in my lifetime. And I still get caught up wanting to jump in to rescue people, to be the savior of people who are hurting or who are in trouble. And I tell myself, oh, I'm just going so I can grieve with them, so I can empathize with them, so I can care for them. But I get caught very quickly in either letting go of the truth or perhaps sometimes coming over the top too hard with the truth and not being compassionate enough. But the reality is it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good to hold people accountable to the truth. You want, a, you want an example of that? Think of any sheriff who's working in jail right now. They're dealing with things that most of us don't want to deal with at all from so-called adult human beings who are acting like three-year-olds, trying to fight them, throwing up on them, throwing other things at them, um, doing all kinds of things to just cause damage and trouble. And that's not every person who's in jail, but for most people, when you're in jail, you you act out as a three-year-old. You're hurt and you're upset, and so you're gonna do whatever. And so are we the sheriff's deputies for all, all the people that we know? Not necessarily, but Paul here is meeting the, the people in Thessalonica. Man, these Greek words, it's all Greek to me. Paul is meeting these people where they're at. Hey, you need a cheerleader. You need someone who gets closer to all feelings, no facts. That's how you've lived your lives. And I am going to meet you with, well, here's some, some cheerleading, here's some care, but I'm also going to meet you with, here's the truth. We've let you know there's gonna be trouble and there's gonna be pain. And there's gonna be things that you're required to do in order to love other people that are gonna be uncomfortable. They're not gonna be they're not going to feel good. What's going on, my love? Are you okay? Is there some physical thing going on? Okay. Well, folks, my wife is going through something. I'm sure she's going to be all right. We'll let you know. Follow and subscribe on all of our social media channels. YouTube, Spotify, Twitch, all of those things. Thank you for joining us on this adventure. Much love. Tell the adventure.